Hi there! Welcome to episode 67 of the Wave Back Music Podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Matt. And we're here to listen to the most interesting video game music there is. What you were just listening to hails from a Nintendo-published Super NES game that went largely unnoticed when it was released, and remains an overlooked gem to this day. A sci-fi western comedy, this particular game presented a hilarious and interesting take on the target shooting genre, and with some fantastic tunes to boot, it remains one of my go-to SNES games to this day. Get out your good guy code of the West, because it's time to listen to the music of Tinstar for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Well, hi Matt, how are you? I'm all right. How's everything? Uh, you know, not bad. Uh, I mentioned to you before the show, I'll warn our listeners, I have uh, bronchitis, so I'll be uh, doing my very best to not cough while talking uh, this evening. And if I do cough, I'll try and edit every single one of them out just oh, for man. you because I love you. <laughs> um, so this is a uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this episode because uh, this is this is actually part one of a, a little two part treasure we've got here because I uh was able to interview one of the uh, composers to this game. Yeah, I'm really bummed I didn't get to do that uh, interview with you, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy we did get that. Yes. Um, so that's a stay tuned for that. That's going to be um, after this. We're going to post it as like a special uh, supplemental episode after this one goes live. So make sure your your podcast feeds are aware of what the situation is uh, as far as that's concerned. So, um. Well, uh, let's uh, let's get to work, shall we, Matt? Yes, we shall. Hit us with some history. Tin Star was originally released in November of 1994 for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. The game was developed by Software Creations and published by Nintendo exclusively in North America. Tin Star wasn't released in any other regions, which is probably why we've never heard from this character and his world since. The gameplay is like a sort of rail shooter slash target shooting light gun game. It was compatible with the standard controller, where the player moves a cursor around the screen with a D-pad. The Super Scope, where the player reticle isn't used, but the screen takes on an orangish tone. Or the Super NES mounts, which gave players precise control over the reticle's movement. The game was promoted fairly prominently in Nintendo's marketing at the time, and it features extraordinarily vibrant colors, detailed animations, and a legitimately hilarious script. Unfortunately, it never caught on with audiences and remains one of the better underplayed games on the console. The game's music was composed by three people, Suddy Raval, Chris Jojo, and Matthew Cannon. Suddy Raval continues to work in games today, having recently contributed to many of the LEGO games. I'm told he is currently working at Codemasters. Chris Jojo is probably the most famous for his work on Spider-Man Maximum Carnage for the uh, 16-bit Genesis Super Nintendo, uh, but also contributed to the soundtrack of the 64DD exclusive Mario Paint spinoff, Mario Artist Paint Studio. As for Matthew Cannon, uh, like I said earlier, I was fortunate enough to actually sit down and chat with him a few weeks ago. Uh, we spoke about his approach to writing music, what it was like working on the Super NES, and all manner of other topics. And again, that interview will be available as a special episode and should appear in your podcast feed right after this. Um, so Matt, I'm correct in assuming that you are completely unfamiliar with this game, right? Yes, sir. You are absolutely correct. All right. Um, well, I am far from unfamiliar with it. <laughs> Well, that's good. That's it's going to make for a decent podcast. It it sure is. <laughs> I I spent a lot of time with this game. Um, I, I I beat the heck out of it more than one time. Um, because I th- I just thought it was brilliant. I originally found out about it as um the Nintendo fanatic that I was. Um, 
you know, they used to include those posters with all their games and promotional posters. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was the the Donkey Kong Country era one um, with the big Play It Loud campaign. Uh, and it just had all these p- pictures of games like Uniracers and Illusion of Gaia. And um, Ten Star was on there. And I just, I looked at it and said, yeah, I'll try that. It's one of the games they're promoting. I like every other game on this page, so why not give it a try? So went to the store, picked up Ten Star, brought it home, uh, was completely blown away by how much fun I had with it. It's it's super fun. It's super funny. Like the script is just legitimately hilarious. Um, the 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 best example that I always give people is um, so you you are in the the wild east. Everyone's ro everyone's robots. It's just this weird, weird cowboy parody, and you are Tin Star, who has come to 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 as he as he shows up. Somebody asked if he was the new new sheriff, and he says, "No, I'm the head of sanitation." And he said, "What's that?" He said, "Because I'm going to clean up this here town." Oh man! Yes. <laughs> and he's got a sidekick named Mo, and there's this scene where the Bad Oil Gang um all dresses in drag. So they're all dressed like women, and they're just shooting up the town. <laughs> and um, Mo rolls into the room where Ten Star is taking a bath, and he's just like, Ten Star, there's a bunch of women and children shooting up the town. And Ten Star says, uh, get my good guy code of the West, Mo. And he, so he grabs it, gives it to him. He says, what are, you, what, are you, what are you doing? He says, I'm looking for loopholes. Ah, found one. Says here, never shoot women and children. Sorry, he said earlier that it's women shooting up the town. He says, yeah. never shoot women and children. And Mo says, so? He said, so? These are just women on their own. Get my guns, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely oh spectacular. I almost feel like it was written by Eric Idle. It's it's filled with that kind of comedy. It reminds me very much of The Tick. Because uh, you know, uh, he's just kind of a big, dumb, big-chinned hero yeah. type. Um it's 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 wonderful and it's a really clever game because I I've always liked rail shooters and like like target shooting kind of situations mm-hmm. like um I'm a fan yeah yeah like light gun kind of games like House of the Dead and whatnot yeah um and so there's a, a couple of different types of stages and you know some are like your traditional um it's just the first person camera scrolling back and forth and you know guys will pop up and you have to shoot them like Area 51 style or whatever mm-hmm. um. But the other two kinds of stages I always thought were really cool because um, the other two types of stages, one of them actually looks like a side-scrolling platformer where you see Tin Star on the screen and when you shoot bad guys, like you see your character running and jumping and doing things like you would do in a platformer. Um, but you're still playing it like a, uh, like, like a target shooting game. So you're moving the reticle around on the screen and you're shooting, you know, the different bad guys all over the place. And wherever your reticle is, when you shoot, that's where he points his gun and shoots the bad guys. Right, yeah. So it's it, it just kind of works out really well that it's very dynamic looking because Ten Star is running and he's jumping and he's dodging. And he's doing all this stuff automatically and all you're doing is just shooting. And as you're playing, whatever he's doing, he'll stop and shoot whenever you shoot. And it always animates correctly. It was, it was It's a very, very clever way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the other kind is the quick draws, which I thought were really fun because um, you'll you you just see your hand ready to you know go draw, and the other guy down on the other end, and um, you're just waiting for the you know the time for somebody to randomly yell draw, you know, so you know when to draw, and um, when they say draw uh, in one of the four corners of the screen, and it's totally random where it's going to appear, your um, the barrel of your gun will show up. 
and you have to aim the reticle at that, hit that, and that actually draws your gun, and then you have to shoot the guy. So it adds this real layer of uh, intensity to the situations because you've got to be aware of all your surroundings, and then the second it says draw, you've got to really quickly grab your gun and then shoot. Um, it's just really clever. It's really well done. That's a that's a slick way to kind of cover that uh, clearing leather cowboy speak thing, you know, to exactly. be able to pull, you know, to draw your weapon. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was really smart. It's a, it was a really smart, really clever game. And what you're about to hear is that the music is uh, really, really well done. Um, and not just not just specifically the compositions. With a big comparison of between Super Nintendo and Genesis, a lot of the times boils down to how um, sometimes Super Nintendo instruments can seem washed out in comparison because they're all samples, you know, as opposed to the Genesis stuff that's just pr- producing the things natively. So sometimes the Genesis music will sound, you know, just naturally sharper and... I gotta say the music, the music from Tin Star, they just the the wizardry that they pulled off in making all these instruments sound not just authentic but really high quality, like really really sharp sounding, is uh, it still impresses me to this day. I still think it's one of the the best the best sound quality uh, examples of what the Super Nintendo was capable of if you had the right technical wizardry, which the people behind this game uh, most certainly did. Great. I'm I'm super excited to uh to listen to this. Awesome. It's uh you're you're I mean really the music is just 100% comedy western. So uh let's dive right in. <laughs> um the 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 first song we're going to listen to is called Title Screen. Uh and as you can imagine, this is the final boss music. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is uh this is uh, of course the title screen music. This is the first thing first music you hear when you turn on the game. And um, what you'll notice about this piece is that it, it starts off very bold. The whole thing is very bold. And um, it really matches the visuals because this has a very memorable title screen uh, with this giant red sky and big sunset and really just a silhouette of Goofy Tin Star riding his horse aluminum. And uh, <laughs> I love this freaking game. So uh, let's go ahead and give a listen to title screen from Tin Star. Joy.
a pretty darn good title screen song, huh? I I love it. <laughs> oh, the little doing 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 the juice harp. It's perfect. Yeah, no, it's a uh, it's 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 perfect. And and you hear what I mean about the sound quality? Like it's uh, all the all the instruments just sound really really sharp and really really bold. Yeah, um it, you mentioned um people saying things like oh you know the stuff gets washed out cuz it's samples and stuff mm-hmm. um no i don't i don't hear that at all with this i hear it sounds like i don't know like a modern recording or something i don't i don't know how to kind of put it into words yeah it's very it's it's very well pieced together but it's 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 such a great tune it's very you know harkening back to classic western kind of music but it's also got that modern flair with the uh, distorted electric guitar going on in the background yeah, it's just the right level of goofy spaghetti western with the little little mouth harp going boing doring doring all throughout the whole thing. Right, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's just just marvelous. Yeah, I don't I mean like I could sit here and just talk about uh you know how very like uh very much it reminds me of um yeah, I mean like uh Maricone Maricone? Is that how you pronounce his name? Oh sugar, I'm a terrible fan. Uh <laughs> Uh, you know the good, the bad, and the ugly, and all the atypical spaghetti westerns, and his his style, and like mm-hmm. you know, you think of it makes me think of things like the good, the bad, and the ugly. It makes me think things like uh, you know, things with uh, John Wayne and stuff. But like, but if John Wayne and and Clint Eastwood were in the cast of uh, Blazing Saddles or something, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's almost it's almost dead serious. But that it's just got just the right amount of goofiness, kind of just th- that feeling, just kind of woven in there. That it just really uh, it does a perfect job of setting the tone for what the, the what the game you're about to play really is. You know, I always talk about it from from front to back. I think it's got to be a total package, and I, I have a feeling that this is going to be it. Yeah, I mean, obviously there are some songs that are better than others, yeah. uh, but there's the, all the songs are, are very appropriate for what they're trying to get across. Um, I am going to go ahead and make the call that the next track that we're going to listen to is probably my favorite track in the game. All right. Uh, it's it's just a really, really fun song, uh, and it's, uh, well, it, it brings the banjo. Oh. So uh, this track is called Going Across Town. Um, it is for, it is used several, for several different stages in the game, uh, including some of the menu, menu screens, uh, and it's just a joy to listen to. So, uh, strap yourself in here is going across town from Tin Star.
<laughs> that was going across town. I'm. That was a great track. I, I mean, it's it's fairly obvious that that's not you know an actual banjo, but oh it, yeah, it sounds good. It it works. Right? Yeah, it really works. It really gets the um, it really gets the idea across. Uh, and it and it sounds very sharp. But really, when you when you dig down into this this song, it's just the the string part that that's kind of playing underneath it. It's very it's 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 complex. You know, it's not just a couple of like st- you know stagnant notes that are going on underneath it. It's got this very really uh, just just very dynamic pattern going on underneath. It really adds a really wonderful layer to it. And also, instead of you know maintaining just a solid sound, it sounds like strings being uh, not plucked. What's the when you you're using a bow? I'm just totally. losing the word there you know when you're bowing the strings back and forth right very much uh, again in line with uh traditional um you know american cowboy movies from from back in the day or like even tv shows like gunsmoke or whatever um but it's also like occasionally they'll just bring in those wonderful um and very perfect uh bell hits you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like the the big church bell sound or whatever one of the things I learned in the interview that I thought was really funny is that this is a bunch of British people. And um, they were just, all right, make music that sounds like Westerns. And they were like, all right. Uh, yeah, what, what, what is that? <laughs> well, that's like, that's very much like the uh, the spaghetti Westerns. It's like, here, here are these Italians mm-hmm. who really have never been to the American Wild West. And, and they've created some of the quintessential Western films to date, you know? Yeah. With you know, with the iconic sounds, and yeah. I, honestly, they knocked it out of the park with this. Like this music has stuck with me f- since this game released. Like it's always been uh, in my mind as some of my favorite Super Nintendo music because it's just great, catchy stuff. And this song in particular has always just been it just stuck with me. It's just one of my favorites. I mean, not that there's really a bad tune in the bunch, but this one's always been really high up there for me. Right. I mean, so far, I don't I don't want to get out on the limb just yet, but I mean. Two tracks in, I have a feeling, because uh, the way you're talking about, it, I have a feeling that a lot of it's going to be the same. So I can kind of go out on the limb and say, it. A lot of this music feels very sweeping, which is stuff that you would get from uh, spaghetti westerns and even some uh, American westerns too. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of um, that western that seth mcfarlane put out a million ways to die in the west or something. i never saw that i actually forgot it's, that was even a thing it's funny and it's worth worthwhile i think he uh, no, this is getting off on a tangent but i think he made the movie to complete a long-running joke about liam neeson and how liam neeson could never play in a western <laughs> <laughs> something like that it's some crazy wacky story but anyway um yeah, uh, so far it feels very sweeping, very big, very um magnificent. 7. <laughs> uh-huh. Sorry. Guys. Well done. Yeah. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> well, you should be. All right, fine. All right, next track up is called Cleaning Up the Town. Now, again, these are these are the names that I found attached to these songs. Um I I wasn't able to get any actual, like, these are what the official track names are out of Matthew Cannon when I interviewed him, because I just don't know that they have official track names. So this is what I found, and this is what we're going with. So this track is called Cleaning Up the Town. Uh, It's another enjoyable song, so enjoy. (laughs) 
Okay, I was cleaning up the town from Tin Star, and um, th this one is, is so much more intentionally lighthearted. You know, this is just right off the bat carnival style music. Oh, very much so, yeah. Uh, but very old Western carnival style music. And this, um, in, I know it plays in at least one just stage in the game, but I believe this is also the music that always plays um, when you finish a stage, there is a uh, like kind of a bonus thing where you have to shoot bottles and keep shooting the bottles to keep them bouncing up in the air. Um, <laughs> and um, this is the music that's playing during that. So it, it, it definitely, as always, connected with, with me with like a kind of a carnival-esque sound, uh, mostly mm. because it's playing over a carnival-type situation. Uh, what, was, what was your impression of it? <laughs> Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely carnival. Uh, just that beginning. But um, but um, bum 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 bum. Yeah. Um, the 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 one thing that came to mind, and I know I know it wasn't made this way, but it's very reminiscent of um, Mario Paint, the music maker. There's a sound huh. in there. I don't know what it's attempting to emulate, whether it's a guitar or whether it's the banjo. There's a sound in there that just kept reminding me of Mario Paint. The the airplane sound? Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> nice. Whatever that was supposed to emulate. I think that's supposed to be emulating acoustic guitar. Yeah. Um yeah, and weird. um I, I really think that, that, that came across well in this. Yeah. <laughs> no, it did, and it's a it's like a it is a lighthearted track and it, it makes me kinda like uh I don't know, like to steal from you, like grin like a big old idiot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm tr I'm trying to really reserve my enthusiasm because the more enthusiastic I get, the more I cough. Uh, so <laughs> apologies for anyone expecting my usual level of enthusiasm. I promise it it is it is hurting me to to not freak out because I'm just I, this music's so much fun. I have so much joyous nostalgia attached to this game, and it's really fun to really be doing something dedicating real time to talking to someone else about Tinsdar because it's just not something I get to do very often. What a horrible day to have a curse. Ah, wrong episode. <laughs> ah, it's callback. Ah, callback. I get it. Ha. <laughs> ah. Ah. Okay, this next track uh, is called Out in the West. And uh, if Going Across Town is my favorite track, I think Out in the West probably qualifies as the coolest track. Um <laughs> This is just a darn good piece of music. So, um, uh, yeah, get your cowboy hats. Listen to Out in the West. Enjoy.
So, that was Out in the West. What'd you think of that one, Matt? All right. <clears throat> so this song solidifies my uh, thought process in which they asked a bunch of British guys to make uh, American Western music based on Italian composers. <laughs> this, is, this song has uh, Ennio Morricone... Morricone, Morricone, uh, written all over it. You know, the guy wrote all the stuff for, again, um, you know, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Fistful of Dollars, all the mm -hmm. Sergio Leone films, you know, Once Upon a Time in America. Just the 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 little touch of harmonica, the, the like you said, the church bells, everything about it is like, like the earmarks of, of uh, Morricone. Mm -hmm. it, it's fantastic stuff. It's it's like what would, you know, if, if Maracone didn't have an orchestra and he just had, you know, what these guys had to make a, a Super Nintendo a soundtrack, this is potentially what he would have done. Mm -hmm. You know, it's fantastic. I, if it's if it's an homage to him, if it's in any way like a nod to him, they, they did a fantastic job. It's a great song. I can see what you're saying, like, about being cool. Yeah. There's definitely something, like, cool about it. Yeah, it, it really hits the cool factor, and and um, it, it's weird to say that uh, to a certain extent for something that involving very heavily involving the banjo. But really, um, just listening to that, I think this is one of the first times I've really properly listened to this track with headphones on, and really, really paying attention to how much detail went into making this sound like somebody finger picking a banjo. Like yeah. there's it, the. the, the individual notes bend you know like as if it was being played on a real instrument and it's that attention to detail that makes it sound so much like like obviously it is still something that was you know individual sound effect for banjo pluck repeatedly being uh, programmed in over and over again mm -hmm. to to sound like that but um it, it's a very very involved banjo work right there like it is the kind of less like it sounds very realistic as far as like a banjo composition. Now I am not a banjo expert, but I can say <laughs> that uh, of the types of complicated banjo music that I've listened to this, this sounds legitimate to me. Um, and I just, I, I, I'm imagining programming every single one of those hits, like every single one of those, even when it's the same note being plucked over and over again, just to continue with the overall rhythm of the song. I, it's it's so stinking impressive. It's really really awesome. <laughs> oh man, yeah, uh, it is impressive to when you when you watch like a a banjo player play, and mm -hmm. it always you know you look at guys like Banjo Guy Ali, and that's when you watch true. when you watch him play, you just look at the finger work and you're like, damn man, that's. Damn. So yeah, I mean, I have tried to do it. I own a banjo, and I am not great at it. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I bought a banjo and tried to tried to learn how to play it, and I've I've done some very rudimentary stuff. But really, when you start getting into the finger picking, I yeah. just have never been able to to accomplish that. It's it's a lot of it's time and dedication, but then to be able to uh put it over electronically and attempt to make that sound realistic. I mean, it's no small feat and I think they did a pretty damn good job. They really did and it, it it's honestly it's one of those situations that um impresses anytime a string instrument like a guitar uh, or a banjo gets very accurately put into a video game system like you can just tell that somebody who understands why the instrument sounds the way it does 
did this kind of work. Uh, I'm reminded of games like Out of Gas for Game Boy or um, Snake Rattle and Roll, uh, David Wise's Snake Rattle and Roll on NES. Uh, uh, and and uh, the Uniracer soundtrack for Super Nintendo. Like these are these are situations where you can tell that the person that was input in making the Super Nintendo and, and those game systems make those sounds understood why every one of those notes, like which one of those is, is a hammer on which one is a pull off, you know, like every, mm-hmm. every what, how that note is being played and where it bends and why it bends all makes sense. Um, and it's coolness factor aside and just general, this being an excellent piece of music aside, just the, technical wizardry of making that banjo sound so complicated and not sound like a garbled mess coming out of a super nintendo is ultra impressive to me so oh yeah it could have gone really poorly it could have gone south real quick yes a less talented team definitely would have not been able to pull that off no yeah so all right let's move on to the next song of the evening uh this is a song called catching criminals on the run uh (laughs) if i remember this correctly this one um always pops into my mind for the stages that are um there were like stages where uh there was a jailbreak going on and there's this Mm -hmm. tiny tiny jail that like it just looks it's a cartoon tiny jail uh in the middle of like a desert scene and the camera just pans left and right and left and right and there's like guys coming out of the back of cactuses or whatever and you're (laughs) you're trying to stop these these particular guys from coming up with a stick of dynamite blowing up the jail so that the the guy gets away um so it's like these are slightly more intense levels and what's super fun is that this is this sounds like such a serious song but it's all juxtaposed against really goofy, brightly colored cartoon graphics. So uh, it's, it's, it's a fun little piece. So this is Catching Criminals on the Run, again from Tinstar. Enjoy. Catching criminals on the run. I love the timpani in that one, right? Like just the the big booming timpani drums just sounds so menacing, important. 
I, I actually think so far that's uh my favorite piece. That um that whole piece is again very reminiscent of a, a Maracone a piece. Um, oh, definitely. Even with like, da, 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 da. like mm-hmm. that's it's so very hearkening back to that kind of stuff. Yeah, the trumpets in it. The uh, uh, what do you call those? The finger percussions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name escapes me. Uh, the timpani, like you said, it's... that that cool thing that John John McRae from Cake uses, where he just goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever that thing is. Whatever that thing's called, that thing's that awesome. thing's got a name, and it's super cool <laughs> and fun. Um, <laughs> you said cake, <laughs> going the distance. Oh man, I love cake. I do too, and the band's pretty good as well. Um, <laughs> Hey, I'm banging on uh, all cylinders tonight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Laughing makes me cough. Stop that. Oh, sorry. Uh, (laughs) uh, We will have a sterile show. The um, but the piece itself, I I I, like I said uh, just a moment ago. I I think that's my favorite piece so far. There's that guitar piece. It's really great. Like I I actually uh, hope someone has uh, covered this with modern instruments or at least the intended instruments. I would be very curious to hear it. I can just about guarantee nobody has ever covered I, music from Tin Star. Well, which fills me with sadness. And if you are somebody who covers video game music, and then you listen to this podcast, do do this wonderful music some justice. At least do just that song. Mm. I really, I really impressed particularly uh, in this track by that part where the strings come in. Yes, like because the whole thing sounds. Uh, more or less intentionally hollow, you know what I mean? Like, there's not much mm-hmm. of a of a bass thing going on. Like, the, everything is being driven by these timpani drums. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just all of a sudden, this very full, very deep bass sound string bit comes in for only a few seconds, like two two seconds tops. Yeah. And then it just goes right back. And it it, it adds this wonderful, surprising layer uh, to the song. It's, it, it's brilliant. No, absolutely. I was... Uh... I was like, oh, the song's going to go somewhere else now. And it did, like you said, for two, three seconds maybe, and then it went back. Not that it was a bad thing, but it was almost like, oh, why, but why are you teasing me, though? Why, I, want, I want that. I want to hear a little more of that. Expand on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's keep this. Let's keep the train moving. Uh, this next one's really more of a jingle, um, but I love it so much. It's what plays it. Th- so when you finish a stage, uh, I think it's before you get to the the bottle shooting thing I was telling you about. Uh, this character, the Undertaker, um, uh, he's like this goofy, really short dude with crazy long arms. Uh, just basically counts up like you know all the windows you broke, all the bullets you wasted, all the innocent people uh, you yeah. shot, all that stuff. Just just gets your stats. Um, yeah. And this this wonderful piece of music plays over it. It's a short song. It's only 15 seconds long. Uh, it's, it's it's labeled here as current status, uh, and it's one of those things that always puts a smile on my face when I hear it. So here is current status from Tin Star. <laughs> really reminds me of just like these man the like when they want to make fun of um westerns like things like blazing saddles and um mm-hmm. oh a, a million ways to die in the west was the name of it or a thousand ways to die when they make fun of that stuff they they do that kind of music and it's almost uh like almost verbatim this like 
hokey, happy, we're in the West and everything's okay, kind of like... Um, just a little mini hoedown. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's so well done. It's a freaking delight, man. And it's, it's, I can't listen to that without hearing the sound effects that go on with it too. Um, as as anybody who's played this game, like all six of us, uh, (laughs) there's just no getting the, um, the, the sound effects of it. Cause basically like the, the items that show up on the screen are all, uh, kind of more or less happening in rhythm. And at a certain point, the, um, where the music kind of expands to the what you would call the main piece of it, you know, like that, just like that kind of intro piece, and then it, it expands to the doom, do, 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 like that whole like really mini melody that they've got in there. Right as that happens, this kind of like sound happens when the Undertaker stretches his goofy cartoon arms out, and then like it, it tallies up these things, and everything that you've done well, there's this really, really goofy. It's like laughter sound effect that happens <laughs> and and I love it and there's no every time I hear this it just makes me think of all those sounds and really it's one, that's one of the things that always keeps me coming back to Tinstar and it being such a positive memory for me is just the way that the sound really worked with the entire experience of the game like the whole thing is a very very well put together package mm-hmm. that's so filled with love and uh reverence for like you can tell that very talented people that cared about what they were making made this game and i'm still to i'm to this day completely baffled as to why this wasn't released in other territories why this wasn't a thing you know i mean i get to an extent it's it's understandable that a target shooting game was never going to have the biggest audience in the world but at the same time it's a brilliant target shooting game and that kind of stuff does have somewhat of an audience. I was really surprised this wasn't a brand that they tried to revive uh, back when the Wii was popular because, you know, target shooting games and the Wii remotes that fit together like, like a glove. But I mean, I am really, really hopeful that there is a 10 star spirit somewhere in smash brothers because uh, smash brothers, this whole spirits mode thing, it has uh I mean, the deepest of deep cuts of Nintendo properties, of uh, things that Nintendo published. There is, uh, I spotted a character in one of the uh, the videos uh, that was on the cover of Batten Kato's Origins. Mm-hmm. Um, th- during the Nintendo Direct, the Falcon ST from Battle Clash was fully displayed on my screen. And like, you want to talk about something that very few people know what it is. I mean, even I think even fewer people know what Battle Clash is than people know who Tin Star is. Right. Uh, and I love Battle Clash. It's like the best Super Scope game, one of the best light gun games. Um, so if there's Battle Clash in there, I got my fingers crossed that Tin Star is in there somewhere because, oh boy, just wouldn't it be awesome if there was something vaguely related to Tin Star in Smash Brothers? It would just make me so happy. We're going to have to wait and see. We sure are. If it's there... I'll find it. <laughs> if anyone will, it's going to be you. I will find it, and I will do a damn cartwheel. Oh, I want to be there for that. No, you don't. <laughs> I Nobody think I will do. be there for it. it. It'll just wind up with me hurting and laying on the ground, sobbing, and then I'll get up and play Ten Star. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All comes back to Ten Star. All right. The next, the next track we're going to listen to is uh, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, this is Boss Battle. Um, What's this one about? Uh, well, it's really it's about watermelons. Oh, uh, I like watermelons. Who doesn't like watermelons? It's about um, a minute long. Oh. Yeah, 
So, so the thing with the, uh, the, the boss battle music is it might not be what you're expecting uh, out of boss battle music. Um, but after you listen to it, it will to make, make all the sense in the world. Like for even just listening to the tracks we've listened to so far, I would expect a certain level of intensity out of the boss battle music, but it takes a very different Western approach. Um, so here is boss battle. Enjoy. See what I mean? It's not your, uh, it's not your traditional like awesome no. badass boss battle music. It's very, um, it is. I can't, I can't really picture the kind of scene that it reminds me of from a traditional western, but it's definitely the kind of song I've heard in a western before. Yeah. Now that you mention it, I'm trying to think of what it could possibly be playing. The only thing I can think of is maybe um, traveling music or something or almost like an escape like some sort of confrontation oh yes um, yeah it isn't okay. it, listening to it out of context it is a very strange choice for boss battle music but i mm-hmm. i mean i can definitely say that within the context of the game it works very well mm-hmm. um it's uh because it's a, it's such a different mood than everything else in the game uh, so that when it when it comes time to to have a boss battle and you've got this music playing that's not what you were necessarily expecting. I guess it kind of, um, and I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I really wish this was a question that I had asked uh, Matthew when we were doing the interview was, um, but it, it, it's one of those situations where I feel like it was almost intentionally designed to put you out of ease, you know, uh, to kind of subvert your expectations and make the boss battle uh, a bit more uh, intense. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I, I can't confirm this is something that anybody has done intentionally, but it's something I've, I've experienced in several games before, most notably uh, Rocket Knight Adventures, which has uh, some of my favorite boss battle music of all time, where it's just this, it's this very clever piece where the music is 4-4 four, four, uh, over and over again. Everything, everything in the song plays out in eight beats, except for one part goes, goes seven. Hmm. And it's just like, it just puts this subliminal thing in your head like, wait, what? It just puts you on edge because right. you're 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 subliminally listening to this and it's all going evenly. And then all of a sudden, you know, one, two, three. Oh, wait, wait, no, something's wrong. And it just kind of adds the intensity. And when this this music comes up, it's it does have this sort of you know, just because I guess like the, the minor nature of the strings that are playing underneath it, it has this sort of like an, a sense of dread to it, even though it is, you know, this whole game is inherently goofy. Um, but it isn't, this song isn't so overtly happy and or fun as a lot of the other music is. It just kind of puts you on edge. So I don't know. I'm probably digging way too deep into it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, there's something to be said for um, taking the way people listen to music and really using it against them 
you know, it, you know, you're so used to four four and you know very, um, I guess Western measures that when you hear something that isn't, you're instantaneously off put or something. Yeah, I mean, like as you're playing this game, you've got this very distinct flavor of what the what the music is offering you. This this level of upbeat, mm-hmm. and then you just from being a person who's played video games, there's almost this like natural expectation of where the music's going to go when the boss shows up. And this is just kind of more like I don't know. It almost sounds like this is music for you're in trouble, not like you're in trouble. Like oh no, something's going to get you. You're in trouble. More like you're in trouble. Go to your room. Like it's right. It's a it's an unsettling piece of music, uh, and I think it was very brilliantly used here. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm the more the music I hear, the more I kind of want to play this game. So I really know. I really really recommend it. Uh, I recommend anybody who has access to it to give it a try. Um, a sp- and if you can play it with a play it with a mouse. Um, mm. Okay. The the Super Scope uh, was a great way to play the game with the exception of the fact that it tinted the whole game orange for some reason, and I never really understood that. Mm. Um, plus, y- you miss a lot with the Super Scope because the entire time you're looking through that scope and uh, it kind of cuts off a lot of your visualization of the what's going on on the screen. Right. And the artwork in this game is bloody brilliant. Uh, so that's kind of why I wouldn't recommend that. The standard D-pad controller is certainly doable. Uh, it's very usable, but it's still you moving a cursor around with a digital pad. You know, it's not even an analog thing. Yeah. Uh, so that tends to, to cause problems. But if you can play this game with a Mario Paint mouse or emulate it in some flavor and use your computer mouse to, to work with this game, I highly recommend it. Not just because it's very funny, but because... Everything matches up with this music so well. It is it is a gorgeous Super Nintendo game. The art direction is brilliant. The colors are astounding. Um, and it's just fun. It's a really fun experience that not nearly enough people have had. Yeah, I mean, when I looked it up uh, prior to, to starting this, I, I don't think I'd seen one still or screenshot of the game, period. And then, you know, Google Images gives me, oh, you know, just some vomits on me with all these images. But... They look fun. Like the game looks fun. Like you said, the colors are vibrant. the The art direction is great. I like a lot of the designs for the for the characters or the sprites or whatever. The and like you said, the the hero is like this big chin chisel, you know. And and that's exactly what he is. He's he's all big toothy grin and stuff. Yeah. And it, yeah, I can I can see how looking through that little scope, you lose everything on the edges. You're missing out on. A lot, yeah, a lot of just how design. gorgeous the backgrounds are, yeah. the backdrops and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, very a lot of attention to detail. Like, uh, there's a lot of there's always things in the background that you can shoot to get like a couple extra points. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's a sign dangling in the background, you can shoot that and it'll spin around. Or nice. uh, you'll be in a tavern and there's like a moose head on the wall and <laughs> you shoot it and the moose head makes this goofy face and sticks his tongue out at you. It, just wonderful. It's just God, I love this game. That made me think of something very quickly. I don't know uh, how many carnivals and you know Great Adventure and all those places you've been to, but they always have those light shooting galleries. Yeah. Okay. So I, I love doing those things because I'm also a fan of of gun games where you get the gun and you shoot. So this reminded me one time I was in uh, Arizona with uh, someone and uh, we were at one of those things. I was like, oh, you know, I, I oh, my God, and like nerded out through my buck in and I'm playing. And then uh, they took a picture of me at night with the flash on 
<laughs> everything in the entire place like went off at once and it was the most bizarre thing you saying the spinning sign in the moose face the moose head just reminded me of that and i'll never forget the photo got taken and i was like what the hell just happened <laughs> and it took me like an hour to realize why everything happened the way it did we're like in the car going home or wherever next and i went oh man you you set all those off by doing the flash and we had like a 15 minute laugh. Uh, That's awesome. Great. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so. All right. We've got a couple of left here. Yeah. Um, all right. This next one is a, is a bit on the slower side. Uh, this is Ooh. the music that plays when you're. Um, it plays during most of the cinematics. Um, mm-hmm. But more importantly, it plays during the uh, the draw the the showdowns. Nice. Um, so this is uh, this is classic Western music. Uh, and it's it's a bit on the slow side, but it's but it's a good tune. So uh, enjoy. Prepare to draw. that make had that make it feel that was a cool song yeah <laughs> that was really cool actually it it uh like you said it's it's kind of the quintessential uh draw music you know the very uh intense uh sergey leone close up on the eyes close up on the hand you know i liked it i liked it a lot yeah it's a very very nicely done piece there all the and... little tidbits in between the the drums mm-hmm. that Thing the guy from Cake uses again. Gotta <laughs> yeah. figure that name out. We'll get that name. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll, we'll figure. Somebody will figure it out. Someone will figure. Yeah. yeah. Put it in our forum. Yeah, I I will. I will ask. What the hell is this thing called? <laughs> <laughs> what does John McRae use in every song that Cake records? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of little great pieces in between these uh, the main melody, little guitar trills and mm-hmm. um the that thing again and you know lots of little stuff in there it makes it uh what would be an otherwise kind of like repetitive dull piece it gives it a little more oomph it gives it a little more life it's it's a really good piece it is and it is very effective in those those scenes because like this is the kind of music you need happening in those kind of scenes because it is all about your twitch reflexes it's all about the silence that's happening and you just waiting for that word draw to show up on the screen and make your decision as quickly as possible and make sure your aim is spot on. Um, 
it's it's quite nice. It is um it does feel like one of those it was one of those things that always felt a tad repetitive to me uh when it was going on during the cinematics. Mm-hmm. Um and it was probably the only musical beat in this game that never really felt correct to me because uh this song is very, you know, more or less doom and gloom. Like it's it's not a very joyous piece of music at, at all. Uh, and a lot of this great comedy is happening uh, in these wonderful, like really, really wonderful uh, uh, conversations that happen between the stages. And it's all set to this very dour music. Um, it's really the, the, the one musical beat in this game that I don't think works 100% well. Mm-hmm. Um, but taking away that aspect of it as the song that's being used for the quick draw sections, it's, it's perfect. It just it couldn't be better. So is what it is. <laughs> It is a great tune, hands uh, down. Yeah, you know, at, out of the park. Anyway, so uh, this is uh, this next one here is going to be the last one we listen to before uh, we, we we close out the show, uh, and this is a pretty special song because this is an unused track uh, from the game. Hmm. Uh, this was uh, on the cartridge somewhere. Uh, I asked Matthew about it, and uh, he couldn't tell me what it was for. Uh, he thinks uh, I I didn't I don't know where I put my notes on this, but I believe that it was something that he thinks that Chris wrote, uh, Chris Jojo wrote, um, probably is like some sort of alternate, maybe game over music or something. Um, mm-hmm. uh, cause it definitely has a game over esque feel. So yeah, as far as I know, this is an unused track, uh, that, that just appears on the cartridge. It does sound very game over esque. I'm trying to, it, it's been such a long time since I've actually busted out my super NES mouse to play this game. I'm having a hard time uh, specifically remembering what the game over music, what the game over sequence is like in this game, but uh, as far as I can tell, this was in fact an unused track. Uh, so let's go ahead and give it a listen. Here is unused song from Ten Star. the uh, unused song from Tin Star. That was really good actually. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great piece. That has to have been intended as a game over song. It just has to. There is some level of uh finiteness to it. Yeah. It's like a sorrowful, I guess, kind of sound. Mhm. Yeah, like uh I'm sorry. 
Sorry you done screwed up. <laughs> Let's try do, that again. You can do better next time. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it, though, the uh, the acoustic guitar, uh, a very um, in the in the vein of Spanish guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that kind of style that's I guess derivative of uh, flamenco. Yeah, very good piece. I I don't know what else to say about it uh, other than it's just like a very good piece. It I, it really is. I I think the only thing I could say about it was I wish there would be more to it as opposed to just having that short loop repeating. Unless of course it is a game over thing where they just yeah. kind of throw up, you know, game over continue. You know, like traditional screens. You'll you they may have done um you know, some sprite work to show like uh, you're dead or, or something or whatever and they give you the game over. But mm-hmm. I almost kind of wish that they expanded on that and made like a piece out of it. I see where you're coming from and I don't disagree. <laughs> that's always good. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's that's pretty much it. That's our show. That's it. How do you feel? How do you feel, Matt? Uh, you know, for a game I've never really heard of before, never seen a stitch of up until performing or I should say doing this episode I'm actually really excited to to go out and play this I'm I think I still own my uh, mouse for um, Mario Paint and if I do then I might uh, just kind of grab a, an old used copy of this game and give it a go my Super Nintendo still works yeah my, mine's actually connected right now and I did have Mario Paint out recently to play with my son like I should really just run into my after we're done recording. Just go into my closet, grab the game, and play it for a few minutes, just to kind of remind myself of. Because it's been so long since I have physically played this game, and gosh dang it, this is such a fun game. This was a really fun episode for me to do to really just kind of spend some time appreciating this game that I've I've heard very few people talk about over the years. Um, well, the you know the hope here is that anybody listening to us who hasn't played this game will will go out and, and maybe spread the word and play the game themselves and say, hey, you know what, it, it isn't such a bad game or this is really an under-the-radar game and and people... Holy cow, excuse me. And uh, people need to, to check this out. I, I couldn't possibly agree more. So, um, yeah, go play 10 Star. And yeah. I, I hope you enjoyed this music. Let us know what you, let us know what you thought of it. So, um, all right, that's our show. Matt, it is, uh, it's your turn to pick what's next. Yeah. What is next for us at the Waveback Podcast, Matt? What is what is your game of choice? <laughs> well, if anybody's been listening since I joined on and has been following my escapades, um, this game almost comes as no surprise. Um, and despite something that you and I definitely, desperately need to go back and redo, um, I don't know that you and I are ready yet for that. So I'm going to bypass that original, and I'm going to go with one of my all-time favorite games for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, ActRaiser. Oh, yeah. Another another Yuzo Koshiro. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, you have not played this game at all. I have not, and you know what? I think I might try to um, just before this episode comes out. I think I might actually take a swing at at least spending a little bit of time mm-hmm. with with the game, uh, just just so that I can have some bit some more of a frame of reference. Sure, yeah. Uh, besides that weirdo Pac Man thing that I showed you a while back, that was so funny. 
And I can't, so I can't believe it took me a minute. I said, this sounds very familiar. Well, because you're looking at Pac-Man. Yeah. Why would you connect those dots? Yeah. No pun so, intended. So, seriously, um, I just deferred to, to explain the inside baseball. Yes, yeah, My son found a YouTube video of somebody playing this weird bootleg Pac-Man game. And the music sounded so familiar to me. And I couldn't place it. And so I just started asking questions to all the people, all the people I know on the internet, and pretty quickly it was identified. This bootleg version of Pac-Man, the background music is ActRaiser music. So bizarre. It's so bizarre. It's so strange. But anyway, I'm super stoked for this one. I'm really yeah, excited to spend so some some real time with this soundtrack because I know it's one of your all-time favorites, yes, and um, Yuzo Kashir is a freaking genius. So. Yes, he is. There you go. That is it. As always, we would love to hear everyone's thoughts and memories of the video games we discussed here today. And you can do so on our new Waveback forum page on Facebook. Just search for Waveback on Facebook. You'll find out more information on our next games as well as a nice convenient place to talk about them. Uh, of course, you can always still send us an email at mail at And while you're at it, check out all our social media channels, which you should totally follow, like, and subscribe to if you haven't already. And be sure to check out all the other great content we have on our site over at geekade.com. We're going to leave you tonight with uh, pretty much the best way to leave anybody with a, with a, with a video game is the ending credits theme. Uh, the closing credits from Tin Star. It's a fun, if uh, a strange little piece of music that I think does, it does its job of closing out this weird game very well. Uh, the drums are a bit on the spastic side, uh, but I think it works well <laughs> enough. Uh, and I, I, I hope you enjoy it. So thank you very much for listening, everyone. And good night.
Hi there. Welcome to a special bonus segment for this episode of the Waveback Podcast. We said earlier in the episode that this was going to be published as a separate thing, but we managed to fit it all in one file, so less work for you. As you know, we just finished talking about the Super NES game Tin Star, which I've been a big fan since it released back in 1994. I've always had some questions surrounding the game, especially since it's a Nintendo-published SNES game that just up and disappeared after its release. And while doing my research, I reached out to the game's three composers and, to my surprise, actually heard back from one of them. Matthew Cannon was nice enough to sit down with me and talk about his time working on the game, what other projects he's worked on, and really have a super interesting conversation about music in general. We did have some technical difficulties with the sound, so the quality isn't exactly stellar, but it's certainly good enough to listen to, and I just had a blast doing it. So, without further ado, here is my interview with Matthew Cannon, one of the composers for one of my favorite Super NES games, Tin Star. Well, if we go back to Tin Star, like... um we were talking about uh, briefly uh, that was a, around the time that I was working at software creations and uh, software um, creations. Okay. software creations. They, they became, or, or they, they, I think they were bought by acclaim later. Yeah. Uh, I remember software creations. Yeah, I know so, so little about the actual credits of tin star. Right. It's, um, it's such a niche title. And, uh, very know, niche, very to... niche. It's, it's so unusual. I mean, there weren't that many, um games that I can, I can recall even going back to when I was playing games in the 80s you know on the on the, the old commodores and spectrums and things that had this western uh, uh theme to be honest you had the standard sort of shootout games you know where you'd have a guy on one side of the screen a guy on the other side and shooting each other mm-hmm. basic stuff um but I I it, it came out of nowhere really um and it was uh probably the last I think it was the last title that I did for the super nintendo before moving on yeah so um the in-house personnel at software creations had had sort of moved on a little bit uh uh, the people working on tinstar at the time it was myself it it was um uh my uh friend chris jojo at the time and also sudi raval and there's quite a lot of interesting um history to 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 us and to to um the, the the scene at that time in Manchester with all the different um, composers and, and writers and stuff. I mean, software creations uh, were probably best known musically for uh, uh, allowing uh, Tim Follin and Jeff Follin to to um, write for for game titles. You know, that was their job. They were the first music and audio writers for software creations, uh, and then I joined. Uh, just before Tim left, Tim Follins probably, you know, I put him up there as as probably um, the most accomplished and uh, creative and uh, uh, interesting writers of the time. Got a lot, a lot of following, uh, a great following out there at the moment. I'm just looking at Tim Follins' uh, list of credits here. Um, hmm. Boy, yeah, <laughs> that's a yeah. that's a name that should probably have come up a lot more in my. Uh... Yeah, um, well, it's, it's really interesting because a lot of the music routines that we were using at Software Creations uh, started in the hands of Tim and Jeff uh, and were written by uh, Steve Ruddy, one of the in-house developers, and I think Mike Follin, who was the, the third of the Follins, the old brothers. And um, yeah, it's, I, th- I think Tim uh, Tim stands head and shoulders above 
in my opinion, my my humble opinion, above uh, pretty much everyone, I would say in in, in the <laughs> the uh, the SNES and the uh, certainly the eight well crossover between eight and sixteen bit uh, platforms. He, yeah, that's why I know him. Oh yeah, soundtrack. That's that right. Is, now that soundtrack is nuts. <laughs> it's completely this, bananas. <laughs> well, this this is you're hitting on a lot of the the, the sort of the 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 cultural um um sort of uh uh tinderbox that was software creators in because they allowed tim and jeff a lot of freedom in in uh um composing so tim <laughs> tim was quite funny uh, i mentioned tim initially because i joined software creations uh, and got to know tim but I'd known him quite a bit earlier just by simply following his work. You know, there, there were people like um, Rob Hubbard and Martin Galway who'd written for the 8-bit platforms and very famous and very well-known uh, uh, people who had influenced us all. Uh, but Tim was, was for me, t- Tim sort of stood stood alone, really. Bit of a maverick, like, like you say, Pictionary, you know. <laughs> I think there's a YouTube clip somewhere of a guy <laughs> loading up Pictionary on the, on the NES and he just can't believe he just can't believe that that sort of music. You have to find the clip; it's hilarious. He, it's, he just I, can't I believe what you're talking about. It's yeah. incredible that that's it, yeah. Who, who looks at Pictionary and thinks we're going to do this? We're going to make well, this. Well, loud. that's right. <laughs> well, well, well that, that's that's the funny thing. I, I that's why I really that's what drew me to you know working at Software Creations because Tim and Jeff seem to have this this very. Um, uh, uh, very sort of broad freedom to to do whatever they wanted, uh, and and of course when I joined, you know, we, we got all sorts of titles. You know, some of them were sort of uh, racing games and sports games. But Tim would just Tim would just write whatever he wanted to write, you know, <laughs> just to get on the game. And uh, and I love that. I I think that's a great um, a great thing. Really, it's not that he didn't care about the tone of the game or a theme or anything but he was just he was just a musician you know he's just someone who wanted to, wanted to compose music his way and, and of course i joined and then you know i adopted some of his sample library and the the the, the music drivers and the routines that we, we mm-hmm. wrote uh, tin star uh, uh with and you know some of the samples were, were reused and some of them were obviously fresh but that sort of that culture of you know that ethos of just just do whatever you feel is right i think that's what gave him um the reputation for being you know just an outstanding writer of music an outstanding composer because he just he just did what he wanted to do and it was great fun and um and i i kind of that 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 rubbed off on me a bit you see um and yeah i worked there for a while tim left and then chris jojo joined and sudi rafal joined and then we worked on Tinstar. That was the, I think that was the only title that all three of us worked on. That's pretty remarkable. Uh, let's, let's kind of back <laughs> up a little bit to get a little bit more of, uh, of oh, who yeah. you are. So um, just as a general introduction, uh, why don't you tell me and the, you know, few people who may be actually listening to this podcast, <laughs> uh, uh, who are you? And uh, yeah, who, who are you and what do you do? Okay. So, um, I uh, I'm from Manchester, England. Uh, I grew up uh, very uh, very much into games uh, on the 8-bit platforms. You know, I, I 
I was born in, in 1972. So in the mid eighties, that was, that was the heyday for me in, in, mm-hmm. you know, playing games and, and getting some exposure to this sort of audio visual uh, capability that these machines had. And um, that really got me interested in, in, in writing music. So I had to go writing games, you know, early on. Mm-hmm. Um, being from Manchester, the, the the big publisher in 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 this town was uh, Ocean Software. Uh, they wrote many movie tie-ins for eight uh, bit, sixteen bit, and so on. Um, I refer to eight and sixteen bit. You, I, I, yeah. I figure you're talking a lot about um, like computers, like the ZX Spectrum, MSX, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, MSX yeah, is, well, MSX is a really interesting uh, one to bring up, actually, because it was quite rare over here in the UK to, to sort of stumble on that. But we did have to write for it. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, so, more rare here in America and uh, <laughs> any of the computers and stuff, not yeah. really very uh, well known over here. It was much more constant. Right. Oh, OK. Right. Fair enough. So, um well, as I, as I got towards the end of my sort of secondary school education here, before going to college, you know, I wanted to go on and, and study computer science and, and do uh, do real programming for real enterprise, for real business, and so on. But um, just uh, on the uh, sort of off chance, uh, I, I submitted a couple of demos to Ocean Software because I'd been dabbling in, in, in writing music for the Commodore 64 at the time. And um, much to my surprise, you know, they, they came back and said, uh, we, we quite like what you're doing. I, w- I was 16 at the time. So, um, yeah, I didn't really expect anything to come of it at all. Uh, I was just a, a, a fan of these games, you know, um, particularly of, of, of the musical, uh, the audio content of these games. Sometimes I just load up the game just to just to listen to it and look at it, really, to be honest. Um, so I, I submitted a couple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The game mechanics and the sort of gameplay and like, let's let's beat the game and let's get to the next level. Kind of, you know, I wasn't really into that, if I'm honest with you. I was more into the animation and the the presentation and the tight yeah, screens. Seeing, yeah, seeing the world and 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 the musical beats that are connected to those worlds. That's that's always really brilliant. yeah, yeah. It was it was absolutely fascinating to me, and um, I was uh, I was studying music at the time, and and it was just a it was just a, a um, happy coincidence, really, that as I left my education. Um, I was uh, offered a job at Ocean Software, and um, <laughs> young lad gets given um, the, the Batman the movie uh, tie-in to do. <laughs> I, I see I'm that just, on your, your list yeah. of accomplishments here. I had never played any of the computer <laughs> versions of it before. Uh, yeah, I went back and listened to the the Commodore sixty four one earlier. It's some of the music from that. This is really cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems to get a lot of um, a lot of uh, uh, good good reviews or, or, or um, certain amount of praise out there. Um, but I, I kind of don't, I can't remember a lot of what I did. You know, I was, sick, <laughs> I was, I was very young and I was a little bit nervous and, and ocean software were a big publisher and, you know, global thing, lots of movie, movie, uh, high profile movie titles. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, much to their credit, I think they gave me as a f- just fresh sort of 
slightly naive young young lad uh they gave me the opportunity to write the uh, soundtrack for, for for the Batman game and and then other movie tie-ins as uh, of RoboCop and and all this kind of thing and uh, the Untouchables, and um, that was that was how I started in in eighty eighty eight eighty nine uh, writing music for for those eight um, bit platforms Commodore sixty four ZX Spectrum and so on and um, spent uh, a few happy years there Ocean Software. And moved on from there to Software Creations. Actually, that was my next. That was my next gig. So uh, during my time at at Ocean, you know, I had heard about Software Creations, obviously through through Tim's work, Tim's music, very uh, cutting edge. Really, you know, he really, really pushed the 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 capabilities of the machines at the time. You know, really was very, very, um, very sort of. Um, uh, very complex and detailed music and uh he, he was able to put together all sorts of weird things and so i obviously i wanted to go and work there and um I, that was around the time when we, we made the shift from 8-bit to 16-bit got involved in the super nintendo and so on and uh i think at, at software creations when i started there um i wrote mainly for the snes uh, i think one or two game boy titles but mostly for the super nintendo and uh after two or three titles i think tin star came up um which was uh as you've you've said you know such a such a strange <laughs> such a strange game you know again very um the the, the producers of the game the programmers seem to have car blanche you know do whatever you need to do, uh, make it funny, make it uh, you know full of interesting animations and and, and interesting characters, and uh, make it a, a, a unique game. I think software creations were quite good at that. Oh, they, they definitely um, were. So you've you've played Tin Star, like you've you've spent some time with the game, or no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I haven't. In fact, um, I think I wrote one or t- uh, two or three of. The, the tunes or I, I remember writing one specific tune for it and then the rest of it was a sort of collaboration between myself and and Chris Jojo who was who was um doing audio lead on it at the time he was sort of leading the audio uh, work on it at the time okay I, w- I was outgoing from software creations at that time so I was um less less involved i mean for a while i was i was the you know the lead audio guy there uh, tim and jeff had left and um when tinsar came along it was myself chris and and Suddy. and um yeah it was uh i've written definitely one definitely what i was trying to find it on youtube definitely one level and a couple of other tunes with chris um title music things like that uh and we all shared a common interest in you know film scores uh tv music uh this kind of thing and we we got quite creative with it use some authentic instrumentation on there i love the instrumentation in in Mm. tinster all the the neat it's a very clean sounding uh soundtrack a lot of um super nintendo you know the the samples and super nintendo (laughs) sound a little washed out and tinstar is very crisp it's very loud it's very memorable um it is quite yeah i mean i remember getting my hands on some of the samples uh, and actually recording some of the samples with with uh, the other guys and you know we pulled out all sorts of weird things like we had a banjo uh 
sound. We had a um, something called a Jew harp. You know, this thing which goes doing, doing when you yep, sort of yeah, there's lots put of that in, in the soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember recording that with 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 the guys. Um, you know, it was so, a real so, Jew, it was a real Jew harp with a, with a with a microphone held to the mouth, and the, oh, the wow. Jew harp in your mouth, and you twang it with your, your finger and you hold it in your mouth. Yeah, we we we, we tried to make it as, you know, authentically western now this is guys from manchester what do we know about the wild west i mean come on <laughs> well it is a robotic wild west yeah. <laughs> it, what, it was room to to mess around yeah. there now yeah, so you recorded of... that little mouth harpy thing did you also record mm-hmm. the there's there's a handful of little <laughs> in the soundtrack <laughs> yeah yeah so i remember <laughs> recording those yeah we had a um a basement uh room in software creations which was soundproofed and uh calibrated so that you know it was it was um it was a very uh uh neutral audio recording environment we had all sorts of baffles in there also. so we, could, we managed to get a really good recording environment going with you know pretty cheap you know just putting sort of foam on the walls and, mm-hmm. and creating little partitions and stuff but we managed to be able to sort of get guys in there and um stick a couple of mics in there and get get some of the the, the, the programmers and and artists to come down and just go Ugh! 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 <laughs> into the mics you know and, and and yeah we were trying to make it I think this is um I think this was uh, Chris who was leading the audio on that game. He he was very much into um Ennio Morricone and and these kinds of spaghetti western soundtracks. So I think that's where he got that idea from. And I remember just having a lot of fun recording those. <laughs> yeah, crazy. That's outstanding. I, I this is this is one of those games that I mean, I, again, I've I've never been uh, to the to UK before. I've never been mm. over there, um, and over here, uh, I was just a huge. I'm only about nine years younger than you, um, right? So, uh, yeah. I, so you were my target. You were my target audience, weren't you? Ex- yeah, I, yeah. I, I, was, <laughs> I was definitely your target audience. Um, yeah, I was a, just a huge Nintendo fanatic, and the Super Nintendo was coming out. Right. This is post Donkey Kong Country, and oh um, yeah, yeah. I remember they there was a poster that came with uh, my copy of Donkey Kong Country and other games at that mm-hmm. point, and Ten Star was on it as like this is one of the cool games to get. And I remember seeing the image immediately mm-hmm. went out and bought it just uh, very very shortly after the game had come out. And that's I, cool. That that's really good. So so what grabbed you there then was the, the visual um, uh, uh, style of the, of the you know presentation, the the way that they'd marketed it because. That's interesting you say that because we um, we had quite a famous uh, animation studio here in Manchester called Cosgrove Hall Productions, and um, they were uh, they were basically closing. They they were uh, ramping down, and, and lots of people were leaving. Lots of uh, top draw animators who'd who'd worked on TV um, cartoons and. Um, stop motion animation came to software creations um, to to get work really because you know when when you've got such a major studio in in, in Manchester and um, you're an animator where do you, what, what do you do where do you go do you go to London do you go uh, overseas but they came to software creations and we managed to to uh, scoop some really amazing animators and uh, and artists and I think what you're seeing there with Tin Star is probably the result of that that um acquisition of that all that talent really because the visual um 
visual style was was I mean, it's, it was beautifully drawn. And it's, it was it's um, stunning. Yeah. It's so bright and colorful. Yeah. I was immediately it drawn is. to it. Well, that's. I think that's because you know we, we. I put that down to getting those animators from Cosgrove Hall over to Software Creations, and them having that fresh outlook. You know, they came from working on uh, these acetate. You know, slide by slide animation, painting every frame by hand, and uh, creating. Uh, uh, unique characters with lots of, you know, interesting, um, I don't know, facial features, stuff that you wouldn't normally see in games, just really interesting characters with different sort of um, uh, uh, much more bright, bold and colourful sort of uh, um, characterizations, really. And I think that's probably what came across in the marketing. You, you must have thought, oh, that's, you know, that was quite fresh. That's because we had those animators, I think, we had those artists, you know, really first-rate animators from from uh, leading uh, UK uh, animation studio, and um, so I've got them in, and I, of course you've got us three music writers, you know, composers, whatever. Put that together, and it was, I think it's really good. It was a really unique thing, very niche, as you say. <laughs> it it <laughs> no is doubt. very niche, but it's one of those things that I always recommend people try because um, there's very mm. few things like it, and it's um. So, like I said, it was originally the image, the 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 screenshot that that nailed me on mm-hmm. getting this game. Um, and then when I brought it home, the second the title screen music showed up <laughs> was just like, oh wow, it sounds so good. Like, it's still one of my favorite title screen themes. Um, mm, that's great. That's great. It's, right it's quite bold. Uh, it's quite bold and bright, isn't it? Um, it is quite it's punchy. Very, uh, yeah, great, I think great, that's. Great um, theme. Yeah, it was. It was very carefully. Uh, uh, Sampled, you know, those those samples were put through um, quite a number of stages of processing just to get that sort of brightness and that, that clarity. Um, and I'd noticed around that time, really, that a lot of Super Nintendo titles, even though they were audio-wise, they were, they were pretty good, you know, um, do the job, you know, nice tunes and, and all the rest of it. But they didn't seem to have that, that sort of... Um, richness and clarity that that the guys at software creations what we, we were able to do and i think a lot of that came from you know tim and jeff really you know they they left behind uh, it was their legacy they had a a, a good uh, music routine good set of samples uh, good uh, uh development kit to to get those samples in and um it was quite yeah it was a joy to write the music uh you know it was yeah, all written by hat yeah well it was all written by hand you know it was all sort of typed in uh hexadecimal codes and all the rest of it um so each note had to be you know uh the note followed by the duration and how loud and you want it to be in the, the envelope and all this kind of stuff but yeah it was it was it took a while to get it in and you know a lot of tweaking but with good samples and good um good intention you know i think it came out yeah, really well quite remarkable i mean when you think of some of the um I, one of my all-time favorite composers is David Wise. Uh, I, I love his stuff and, and all the rare yeah. games. Uh, and I oh um, yeah yeah adore well, the well, compositions in Donkey Kong Country. But when you think when you compare uh, specifically like Donkey Kong Country on the Super Nintendo to Tin Star, the fidelity yeah. of the instruments, even though he's using these really incredible sounds and whatnot, the yeah. Tin Star soundtrack is very sharp sounding. It sounds very very clean. And there's a certain degree of just very noticeable compression on uh, the Donkey yep. Kong Country soundtracks. And it's really impressive yep. what you guys did. Well, that's really good to hear because, um, 
you know, it was, it, we did take it seriously, you know. Um, first of all, we we were musicians, first and foremost. We weren't really game game players. We weren't game designers. Um, we were we were pure purely musicians. So really, we had to get the sound fidelity up there first before we, you know, even considered writing a decent tune because there's nothing worse than, you know, having a great composition played by really thin and reedy and uh, wheezing sounding samples, you know, like flutes and, and guitars and stuff that don't sound right. So we got yeah. the, the fidelity there first. And uh, from that sample base, you know, we, we were off and running. So I think Chris and Suddy would be really pleased to hear that, you know, that, uh, that was appreciated. That, that's pretty cool. Suddy Ravel, actually, interesting little um, bit of history there because Suddy – uh, well, it came from a, the Manchester music scene. So in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a, a, a real um, a sort of renaissance of, of dance and um, uh, uh, sort of uh, well, dance, I don't know what you call it, dance dance groove sort of music, um, Happy Mondays and, and such. Those sorts of bands were around. And Suddy was... was firmly embedded in that scene you know he was making records and Suddy had a had a, a top 10 hit in the uk <laughs> uh, really before yeah yeah he did yeah he had a, he had a, uh, i think it was a top 10 or a top 20 at least a song called hardcore uproar it's a big you know massive dance tune of, of, of the time it was used on television a lot so Suddy came to us you know and um uh, he came with this sort of dance pedigree and i think some of the tunes on on tinstone you can probably hear that you know, you can probably tell the ones that Suddy did because he had that sort of, um, sort of more more bouncy, up, upbeat, more bold Very sound, ener- you know? energetic kind of uh, yeah. sounds. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think Chris and I we came from more of the. I, I was really into classical music. I was into uh, film scores and things like that. I was studying how to, you know, arrange and and orchestrate stuff. And I came from a slightly different angle, so it was really good that all three of us got on that that particular title and just. Just did some crazy things, really. I mean, <laughs> trying to think which tune. I was trying to find the tune that that I was asked to write, you know, as to sort of get things going um, for the, for the in game stuff. And I've I recognised it now. I, rem- I remember the tune, and, and I can I can go on YouTube and I can point it and say that's the one I did. <laughs> but there were there were you know we all collaborated. You know, most of the tunes there were written, written which together. The, which is the one that you did? Um, um, I, I don't know if there's official track names for these. I have some listed in my iTunes. Yeah, but... it's it's it starts off with trumpets and bells and goes into a mad banjo thing. Uh, quite quite fast banjo sort of tune, hopping along. Um, I just remember doing that now, and uh, I was trying to think what what influenced me on that, but um, I don't I know. I think called, I was a track called "Going Across Town." Perhaps that's <laughs> you know, which the one thing is. is right. Well, that's the thing. I don't really know which yeah. <laughs> which level it was on, <laughs> or which sort of uh, segment of the game, or whatever. But I just remember enjoying writing this sort of um, uh, cod western, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, dueling banjos, really sort of style 
tune. Yeah, if it's super uh, banjo heavy, I'm going to assume it's yeah. a track I have listed across. <laughs> yeah. This is a, just so you know, this interview is going to go up right after we're doing an episode of the 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 podcast. Where so basically, what we do is we listen to the the game soundtrack and then we do okay. talk about each each track afterwards. And uh, so I'm just going to put this interview at the end for anybody who wants to hear more about. <laughs> Uh, the music because really more people should should hear this soundtrack and play this game i think so yeah it's 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 just one of those that's once you've heard it you know yeah it's unmistakable music once you've seen the visuals and once you've read the writing this game is absolutely hilarious well that's the thing i mean i I hadn't played it but i had seen all the storyboards and i was involved in (laughs) understanding the characterization and stuff and 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 the sort of the the gameplay generally and i thought it was just just crazy crazy idea you know (laughs) it's absolute insanity there's just Mm. they're still funny to this day there's still just some jokes in there that are straight up hilarious and uh i i can't recommend people play this game enough i'm i'm trying to think who wrote you know who storyboarded it who scripted it um i can't remember it would have been in-house for sure uh probably full of all sorts of british humor i would i would expect um but he managed we managed to get away with it (laughs) but you know the the music was was always tongue-in-cheek on that on that particular game Uh, not all not all games were like that a lot of games were quite you know uh, taken quite seriously, quite earnest, and you know you had to had to make a a big statement, and it had to be quite um, in keeping with you know the the grand vision for the game or whatever. But but Tin Star was just you know we just had just such, such a ball just throwing around these crazy instruments and um, yeah just just coming up with coming up with what we thought would be Western music, um, you know. Bit of Ennio Morricone and that kind of stuff thrown in there, obviously. Quite a lot, a lot of Lalo Schifrin, bit of Jerry Goldsmith. Um, for me, a lot of TV uh, theme tunes would always sort of come in and influence me on, on you know, because they're never really taken seriously. TV theme tunes were always a bit tongue in cheek, really, weren't they? They were, yeah. you know, unless it was sort of, uh, you know, it was NCIS or, or, or whatever, it, it, they were usually quite. Um, amusing or, or you know sarcastic tunes so you know we, we had humor in there i don't know who scripted the game though i don't know who actually wrote the storyboard uh, it was it was really really very very nicely put together i remember that well yeah whoever did it did a great job because yeah. i still laugh at the jokes to, to this day. <laughs> yeah it's so, cool it's cool here's a, here's a question i don't know if you'll actually know any of the answers to these but it's um so it was published by nintendo Right, the game was published by Nintendo. How how did the game even mm-hmm. come about? Did they contract uh, software creations, or did software creations say, "I have this idea"? How did the game even come about? Well, I think it's hard to know how exactly it would have come about. I think, in terms of business development, it would have been um, down to uh, the uh, management there um, to sort of do that. I'm trying to think who would have. I guess it would have been. I do re- do remember that Nintendo gave us a dev kit uh, of some description, and they asked us. I remember they asked us to write some music for a uh, a composer game. You know, a sort of um, a Super Mario Brothers uh, themed music writing, uh, well, like Mario Paint. 
I think it was probably that, yeah. Yeah, there's a whole lot of music, um, music composing in Mario Paint. Well, I think that was it, yeah, because we wrote um, some of the uh, uh, the built-in music, you know, the preset music that you get with it. The software creations were asked to to, huh. to write that. So <laughs> some of the tunes you get in there, uh, you get a couple of national anthems in there and a couple of film tunes and a couple of little sort of nursery rhymes and things. And the things that come with the cartridge, yeah, they were they were um uh, i remember writing a couple of couple of those um so it's obscure oh i know it sounds weird it sounds sounds odd doesn't it that you know nintendo some... would go reach out to manchester <laughs> and go right you guys you're going to write those tunes that go on the original mario paint cartridge but that's what happened wow. you know uh, yeah so i think it, it, all the development in terms of the relationship between uh, software creations and nintendo must have come about from around that time because I think I was probably only there about a year and then Nintendo gave us this job to do. And then Tinstar came probably another year after that. So there must've been some, you know, business development going on between Nintendo and software creations uh, based on the, on the, the, the uh, effort that we put into to that cartridge, the Mario paint stuff. So yeah, That's there you go. Fascinating. <laughs> it's weird. I isn't spent it? tons of times. I, I, I love video game music. I love music as well. I'm mm. a, a, a somewhat a musician myself and um Great. i spent so much time with that music creation tool and they came with three demo tunes uh do you remember what they were twinkle twinkle little remember? star um, oh yeah yeah uh a version of the super mario brothers theme and um yeah. just another one that was just an original piece of music that i didn't recognize yeah yeah so we, we were asked to, to sort of um play with these uh your preset tunes yeah My and goodness, um see what so we could cool. do yeah it's weird, isn't it? It's, it's strange how that happened. I think that's probably where, because I had no idea that Tinstar was, you know, published by Nintendo. To be honest, um, I thought it might have gone under the Acclaim label. Uh, maybe it was different in Europe. I don't know, but hmm. um, nevertheless, uh, I suspect all of the all of the sort of lining up the business was done when we we first uh, we were first asked to do that cartridge work. Uh, so, you know, they gave us a dev kit and then we, of course we did that bit and then we, well, the guys in, in software creations, the, the, the really fantastic developers there, um, wrote their own dev kit and, you know, we were up and running then doing, doing whatever we, we needed to do for the, the, the SNES. So, um, Tinstar was, was written using, a um, uh, bespoke, uh, music, uh, routine music driver. So yeah, it's good. So I have I've looked up uh, finding information on game composers isn't as easy as I'd like it to be. <laughs> yeah, um, obscure is, people really. It, it can it can yeah. get infuriating sometimes. I'm I'm a huge fan <laughs> of the Kid Icarus games, for example, and the, there's oh, a yeah. Game Boy sequel to Kid Icarus, and nobody knows who oh. wrote because the game doesn't have any credits at the end. That's crazy, isn't so, it? It's crazy. No I remember idea. writing. I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what was really funny. I wrote one, uh, it, actually, it was the last tile I did for the Game Boy just before I left Ocean. It was called Super Hunchback. I was going to ask and, you about Super Hunchback. That's a <laughs> weird game. 
<laughs> Why do I always get these weird little odd sort of uh, follies, you know? I don't know, but I, I was quite happy to stick my 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 uh, tunes on anything, to be honest. But um, I remember doing that one. And this is really funny because the credits, you speak about credits, you're talking about credits not being shown properly or, not, or being completely absent. Well, my name, because my name is it's quite long, really. it's got a few, you know, syllables or whatever when it it got um translated to japanese you know the kanji the characters it, uh-huh. my name would my, my name wouldn't fit on the game boy screen so they just sort of chopped my name in half so, it's, <laughs> so I'm, I'm credited as like matt cat or something like that you know <laughs> because it, it's really funny because someone told me once that my name was just all chopped off so i can understand why you find it frustrating yeah, I'm certainly, certainly tracking down a you know yeah, individual composers' histories because mm. I've always enjoyed listening to video game music, but it wasn't until like maybe the past like five or ten years mm. that I've started really trying to find out who wrote the music and kind of connect those dots. Yeah, um, and uh, well, if you want to, um, yeah, I mean, if you want to connect some more dots with the guys who are working on Tinstar, you need to go and look at um, Spider-Man, I think uh, Venom or something like that on the Super Nintendo, because that was a, a soundtrack that us three guys, myself, Chris and Suddy worked on again, you see. So you can hear, in fact, if you listen to that soundtrack, you can hear some of the older Tim Follin, Jeff Follin samples being reused. Um, because we hadn't built up our own sort of original sample library, not not completely anyway. So um, just before Tin Star, we did the Spider Man stuff, and um, you can hear it. You can hear the the the, the transition, you know, from the uh, older sample library to the new stuff. Uh, so yeah, so it's all there. <laughs> wow. See now I'm, I'm like looking. I'm just clicking on all these links to software creations, and I'm noticing the software creations did Blaster Master Two, which I didn't realize. No, I didn't know that. Actually. Oh, Genesis. Do you? Did you know a? I wonder whether that was. No, I, was that? I wonder if that was. Um, that was outsourced. I don't know if it was. It was done by a third party. That uh, oh. was it. A Sega Mega, Mega Drive. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, actually, the, the classic, I think, Sega Mega Drive um, title that really stands out musically is if if you listen to Time Tracks uh, by. Mm-hmm. Tim Follin, you'll hear how because we didn't really get to work on the Mega Drive when we got we got to um, software creations. By that time, it was it was really just totally a, a Super Nintendo shop, to be honest. Bit of NES and bit of Game Boy, but um, if you listen to time tracks on the Mega Drive, that's 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 uh, I think that's really pushing. You know, that's pushing uh, the the uh, the machine as far as <laughs> as far as you can. Really, it's a fantastic soundtrack, actually. To take a quick step back to Super Hunchback, um, mm. I was just watching. I was watching a conversation I never thought I'd be having. I was taking a quick look at the game. What earlier. a what a what a strange game about really? a, 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 about a, a physically impaired and and uh, uh, you know main main character, which I thought had died in the early eighties. You know, I thought Hunchback had gone. He'd been dead and buried. He'd never come back. And then. Uh, Oh, it was! I absolutely loved working on the game. Of all the games I worked on, I think that was one of my fondest memories. You know, uh, working with the guys at Ocean on that um, because they said, uh, "We don't care what you do, Matt. Um, 
you know, in terms of music, push it as far as you can. Uh, if it, the, the crazier, the better. And of course, I was really into my music studies, so I was like really putting some crazy stuff in there. And I thought this is never going to get past censors, but <laughs> no one cared. It was great. The music, the kids, it must have warped the minds of those poor kids. Music's <laughs> mental. It's crazy. The stuff. music is really weird. <laughs> is the title screen music putting on the Ritz? It is, but yeah. And is that a reference to Young Frankenstein? Yeah, it is. It is Young <laughs> Frankenstein. <laughs> Young Frankenstein was one of my favourite movies uh, around that time. It must have been about. I was only about eighteen at the time I did that, and um, I remember. Uh, the, I mean, it was just a, one of those perfect uh, um, synergies between the, the people working on that team. So it's myself, and um, it was a guy called. Um, we used to call him Jobby, actually, very fine programmer. And uh, he'd, uh, uh, you know, he, he had a great sense of humor. It's live from Ireland. And he came in and he said, Matt, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, young Frankenstein. I said, oh, yeah, perfect. And um, he just said, just just do, what, <laughs> just do whatever you can with it. And I just did like a really, really mad version of putting on the wrist. Because it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's silly, isn't it? I mean, I can't believe that. Um, it's really quite, it's not very politi- politically correct, is it really? To, you think about what we were doing with that music. Really, the game's absurd. You're running around in a forest and ringing bells. Like, how do you make a game out of the hunchback of no I know. Idea? I don't know how they did it, but in terms of gameplay, it was actually really, really it was a rock hard game, really very hard game to play. It looks uh, like a actually quite interesting game. It's, it's a brilliant game. It's a beautiful game. It's really beautifully put, put together some Fantastic graphics. Uh, Rob Hempel, I think, did the graphics on that. Um, really lovely stuff. And, of course, when, when you see the graphics coming on, it, it, you know, they look fantastic. And then you've got the humor from the, the programmer because he just used to have a laugh with all, with everything. So the character would, would get whacked on the head and then they'd have all sort of like birds tweeting around his head and, and he'd start whistling this old English folk tune. You know, if you, if, if you stop playing for a bit and the characters stand still, he gets bored and he starts whistling this this tune, you know. So we were just throwing all sorts of weird um, references in there. Lots of tropes, you know, from um, from from TV and, and from uh, British culture, really. Uh, such a strange game, but I, I, it was probably one of my favourites. In fact, I went on uh, a few years later to, to rewrite that music <laughs> for a small orchestra and i've got the arrangement somewhere i i, I was meaning to, to i was yeah yeah I, I thought you know you may as well if you're going to do something as, as absurd as that you may as well stretch it as far as you can so i i, I had it sort of recorded you know but string quartet and stuff like this i'll have to dig it out because you, you'll probably find that really 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 quite funny i would love to hear that <laughs> it's quite mad really yeah <laughs> I got a, got a few more questions for you before before I got to get back to work. Um, yeah, I saw Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball listed as one of your. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How yes, the that's right. Yeah. Did you get involved in that? <laughs> again, again, it's one of those things where software creations used to get the weirdest things, um, and a lot of it was, you know, like Tin Stars, sort of a very it's Americana, really. It's stuff that we young lads from Manchester wouldn't really nowhere to begin with it you know so we don't really have the cultural reference points to start making certain types of music so you know we had 
Tinsel's a very idiosyncratic, very American thing, yeah. But then Ken Griffey, I mean, baseball, I'd, I'd never even seen a game of baseball. Um, <laughs> I, I knew it was a bit like what we <laughs> we have over here called rounders that we had to play at school. And I knew it was like that. I didn't know any, I didn't know who Ken Griffey was. Um, so we just, we just made this, we tried to make some really sort of, uh, what did I do? Oh, I did the title music for that, I think, yeah. Um, it was like um, just jazz funk, really. Just sort of... Um, yeah, lots, sort of, of lots of guitars, yeah. lots of distorted <laughs> guitars, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, that's freaking wild, man. Yeah, there's a reference. <laughs> actually, I love that well, story. <laughs> you know what? It's funny because we got... We got we, we, I remember me and Chris sitting down and, and I, I did this like sort of, you know, fairly strong um uh jazz funk intro to it and then we got we didn't know where to go with it so i said all right i'm gonna i'm gonna look for inspiration and i i put on um uh the doors morrison hotel i think it was and there's a track on there called peace frog right and (laughs) peace frog by the doors and if you listen to ken griffey if you listen to ken griffey jr uh, about a minute and a half, two minutes in, it goes into Peace Frog. It's just the most. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor old it. Ken Gr- Ken Griffey must be just thinking, "What?" Imagine if he saw that and he knew the doors. <laughs> I, be thinking, I doubt he's ever played well, a game. <laughs> can you imagine that, or his kids have played it or something. I don't know. Anyone who played it and said, "Hey, Ken, you know these guys have these jerk offs have put like Peace Frog on your title music." <laughs> But we just did things like that because we could, we could, as long as you didn't copy it, you know, exactly. You know, if you listen to it, it's just a little bit of a nod to, to Ray Manzarek in the doors. It's quite funny. Wow. (laughs) I'm really going to have to listen to that. That's, that is, I'm going to have to listen to it, but well, you've just reminded me of it. I'm going to have to listen to it myself now. It's going to make me laugh that I'm going to play the two together. See if, how close I got it. Cause I just did it from memory. I remember thinking peace (laughs) is just a stupid song. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so honestly this is why this is how you know these soundtracks are put together again a lot of this comes from the earlier influence of uh, of of like the Falling brothers and their kind of like um uh anything goes attitude uh we, we all had so much fun in there together that you know we didn't feel like we we had to do anything um too serious and it gave us that you know, bit of headspace, creative freedom to do whatever we wanted to do. So it was really cool. That's outstanding. Yeah. All right. Let's see real quick. Uh, I skipped yeah. over one of my questions from before. Do you know who owns the uh, IP for 10 star these days? That's a very good question. Uh, so would have gone through, would have, I thought it went through a claim, you know, from a claim to Nintendo or Nintendo to a claim. Uh, no idea who owns it now. Um, oh. Good question. Yeah, but, uh, one of the many mysteries of, of weird, obscure games that I would just love to know the <laughs> answers to. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I do know someone who might know, um, the owner of Software Creations, who I think I'm, I'm uh, friends with on Facebook still. But I might, I, might, uh, I might pass over that question then. I might be able to find out for you. That would, that would be amazing to have that knowledge. <laughs> I would yeah, be that. He's retired now. I think he lives on Jersey. He flies his own private jet and stuff. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I'm sure he might. You know, he might spare some time to, to answer that. 
do you uh do you still write game music i don't have any credits for you past 1995 no i don't uh i don't write game music anymore um i retired from doing that in about 97 uh 96 97 and went on to study music uh composition and and all the rest of it and then went into doing more serious stuff with orchestras and stuff like that <laughs> and trying to be trying to be grown up but um you know i've I've not stopped writing music since since i was you know started on the games when i was 16 or so so yeah i don't stop but it's just so little of it is public now um, mm-hmm. but I, I still get requests for you know doing remixes or um, getting involved in uh, the retro scene over here in the UK, go to events and stuff, meet people and uh, and try to reminisce and sometimes uh, dig out the old stuff and try to freshen it up and remix it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like the um, super, super Hunchback for Orchestra, there you go. Let's yeah. dig that out for you. I'll find it for you because it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit of a screen that. So when somebody wants to do an HD remake of Super Hunchback, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. Can figure it out. <laughs> Super Hunchback 3D, yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> All right, uh, do you do you st- do you you said you weren't really much of a uh do, do you play games? Do you still play games? Did you Not really. No, not a great deal. I mean, I'm still involved in making uh games roughly, roughly speaking. I'm working on children's games at the moment for uh, a large um public service broadcasting organization over here in the UK. <laughs> um, so I'm involved in, in gaming and the, the frameworks and, uh, and um, various bits of, you know, libraries and code that knocks about. I, I get involved in that, but um, that's just to pay the bills. That's just a, a day job, you know? Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah. So I'm a programmer during the day and uh musician uh whenever i can when whenever i get the time once that is outstanding all right i got one <laughs> last question uh that anytime i interview somebody i always ask this question yeah what bread is the best bread well it's um it's the bread from the czech republic uh which is called kleber uh, oh. sourdough bread and uh, yes that's the finest bread um, okay I've, I've ever had I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever gotten that answer. That's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a really good one. It's it's the finest sourdough I've ever had. Really, it has that sort of it has a. Um, I think they use cumin uh, seed or caraway seed in, in in the bread. So it's really beautiful. There you go. What what? Where's that question come from? Because some people would answer <laughs> answer money, you know, because bread is also known as money, you know. Oh <laughs> no, it was, yeah. um, I, I had a we'd never really done much in the way of interviewing other people before. And I was just trying to write questions and I really like sandwiches. So I just threw them on my list of uh, things to ask. And uh, actually the second person I ever really interviewed was a guy who does a, uh, an Atari podcast. He's a really, really nice guy named Ferg. And uh, turned out he's actually a baker. That's his day job. Really? (laughs) Oh my goodness. He's, he's, he has, I've had some of his bread before. He made this amazing challah bread once that oh my god, outstanding mm, stuff. What's that? What's that? What type of bread is that? Is what what bread? It's that um, it's kind of like a soft white bread that's like knead uh, ah. braided. It looks like it's braided across the top. 
Um, is it like brioche? Is it like a bit like a brioche? Is it sweet bread or? It's kind of sweet. Yeah, kind of kind of sweet. Mm. Um, absolutely awesome. delicious. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, it's nice to hear that you know there are people out there that appreciate the uh, simple pleasures of sandwiches. Thank you very much for 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 taking the time to chat with me. Uh, this was incredibly illuminating, and I just <laughs> I got to talk to somebody who worked on Tinstar. So, oh, uh, you're welcome. No, it's, it was a pleasure, and it's, uh, it was good fun to to go over that. And some of the memories came flooding back as you asked those questions. So, yeah, thanks for thanks for doing it. You are very it welcome. <laughs> All right. And there you have it. That was Matthew Cannon. And uh, boy, that was a lot of fun for me to do. I, I had a, a real blast talking to him. And I've, I've chatted with him a couple of times since we've done the interview. He's, he's just a super nice guy. And uh, he's, uh, he still writes some really excellent music. So um, we'll be back uh, with the next episode in the not-too-distant future. And thank you very much for listening. And uh, see you next time. Bye-bye.